Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and today I'm going to talk about central lines. Central lines. I'm going to do a series of episodes. So today I just want to talk about why do we need a central line. And it may be that the doctors have started saying, well, we need to put a central line in. So first I'll just say what a central line is quickly. Well, you know when you have a drip in the back of your hand, a drip, you know, with a bag of fluid running through it, or maybe they call that an IV, or they call it a cannula. It depends where you are, what they're going to call it. But anyway, that is a peripheral line, meaning it's a line of plastic, a piece of plastic, and it's in a peripheral vein, so a vein that's well away from the heart. It's in your hand or your arm or your foot. That's a peripheral line. Now, a central line is another form of drip or IV, whatever you like, that's in a big vein in the chest. So it's in one of the big, huge veins that's in the chest that go down towards the heart. So a central line is just like that drip in the back of your hand, but it's been put in to thread into a major vein in the chest or even into the right atrium of the heart. That's the first chamber of the heart. Now, there's several different types of central line. You know, there's ones that anesthesiologists or anaesthetists put in place just for a big operation and then they pull it out a day later. There's all sorts of central lines. But when we're talking about a child with cancer or leukaemia who is going to go on to a chemotherapy protocol, When we start talking about central lines in that situation, we're particularly talking about a type of central line that can be put in and then stay in place for months and months and months for the whole duration of the chemotherapy, hopefully. So we're talking about a type of central line that's put in as an operation, so the child has a general anaesthetic and then the central line is put in place, and this is a line that's designed to last for a long time. And there's different types of central lines, and in my next episode I'm going to talk about the two main types of central lines. But first, today I want to talk about why do we need this central line. Now, it would help if you've listened to some of my earlier episodes of this podcast series, in particular the one on chemotherapy. Most drugs that we give in the way of chemotherapy are given into a vein. So we need some sort of a line that's in a vein. So you might wonder, well, if we need to give these drugs into a vein, why don't we just put a drip in the back of the hand and give the drugs that way? So I'll explain why that usually isn't going to work very well. Firstly, i got to say that children are often the hardest people to put a drip in. Little tiny kids, they have tiny little veins, they've often got pudgy, chubby little arms, and they can be quite difficult to put a drip into. In addition, children find it traumatic to have a drip put in. 
And so if you have to have a couple of attempts to get that line into place, well, that's a very traumatic experience for the child. Now, these days we can use local anaesthetic cream and numbing injections, etc., but still it's traumatic. The child has to be held still to put in this drip. The next thing to say is those drips or IVs or cannulas, whatever you call them, those ones that are put into the back of the hand, they only last a few days. So imagine someone who had their appendix out and they had a drip put in the back of their hand and then they had intravenous fluids after the operation. Well, that drip will last for a day or two or three, but eventually those cannulas eventually sort of erode out of the vein and then the fluid starts leaking out of the vein and into the tissues and then the arm gets a bit swollen and then the nurses call the doctor and say, look, the drip's tissued, we need to put a new drip in. So if you're needing a drip over a longer period of time, you're going to end up having to replace the drip every few days. The next thing to say is that after you've had a drip in a vein and then it's tissued or else you've just pulled out the drip because you didn't need it anymore, well, often that vein's no good to use again for some period of time. I don't know, I've never checked, probably weeks and weeks. So as you use one vein for a drip, and then you use another vein for another drip, and then you put a cannula in another vein, after a while, all the easier veins, the ones that the doctors thought, yeah, I can put a drip in there pretty easily, well, you start to run out of veins. You start to have more and more difficulty finding a vein that you can put the cannula into. And then that becomes more traumatic for the child as we have to have more attempts to find a good vein, and it all adds up to a real problem. And then it's even more of a problem if ever there's some sort of emergency during treatment. Sometimes there are emergencies during chemotherapy treatment. Sometimes children develop serious infections and they need us to start intravenous antibiotics very promptly. And it's in those situations where sometimes we have difficulty finding a vein and that can hold us up in getting antibiotics started. And that's very undesirable. Next thing to mention is that there are certain drugs that can damage the surrounding tissues very severely if they do leak out of a vein. These drugs are called vesicant drugs. Vesicant. V-E-S-I-C-A-N-T. And a lot of chemotherapy drugs fall into this category. For instance, they include vincristine, dornarubicin, doxorubicin, actinomycin D, a whole lot of others. So they're vesicant drugs. So if you imagine someone's got a drip in their vein, just in the back of their hand, well, unless you know that that drip is definitely in the vein and it's not leaking out of the vein, well, then it can be a problem to give chemotherapy through that drip. Because if the drug goes into the cannula but leaks into the surrounding tissues, it can really severely damage the surrounding tissues. I mean, it can cause damage to nerves, tendons, skin. In the worst cases, you can end up needing skin grafts, the whole lot. So it can be a real problem. So a peripheral vein for giving those drugs has its problems. A central line, on the other hand, is positioned inside a very big vein and we can be more confident that the line is indeed well positioned in the vein and it's safe to give the drug. 
The next thing to mention is that there are times in the treatment of childhood cancer and leukaemia where we actually need more than one drip or more than one IV. So there are times when patients are on more than one drug at a time and sometimes the drugs are not compatible, meaning you can't run the drugs together through the same vein. Sometimes the drugs will glug up together and form a precipitate and block up everything. So sometimes we need more than one line. Sometimes we need three lines. For instance, when we do a bone marrow transplant, we often need two or three lines at once so that we can give all the medications and platelets and blood and nutrition, etc., all at one time. And there are special types of central lines that have what we call two lumens or three lumens. That means three channels running through the one central line. So the three channels are actually independent of each other and so we can mix incompatible drugs through the same line because they're actually going through different channels called different lumens. So that might be a triple lumen central line, for instance. Another advantage of having a central line is that sometimes it can be used for taking blood tests. So we do a lot of blood tests during chemotherapy. We have to monitor a lot of things, a lot of blood counts and liver tests and kidney tests, etc. We're doing blood tests all the time. Now, in some situations, you can take the blood from the central line. Now, different units have different policies on this sort of thing. I wouldn't say that it was the norm in every unit to have every blood test taken from the central line. But in some situations, it can be done and the blood test can be taken that way and so we don't have to do a finger prick or stick a needle in another vein to get the blood. Those cannulas in the back of your hand, they're often not very good for taking blood tests. They often don't bleed back as well as you'd like. So a central line can have some advantages there. So that's what central lines are all about. Again, most of the time when we're treating children with cancer, we end up putting in a central line. Now, I wouldn't say we always do. There are certain conditions where the chemotherapy is a shorter course of treatment, and particularly in adolescent patients. It might be that we can get away with just putting cannulas in the back of the hand and not need a central line. But a lot of the time we do need a central line. And again, it's put in as an operation. It's usually a minor operation, but it's performed by a surgeon or a radiologist under general anaesthetic usually. There's two main types of central line that I'll talk about later. And there's a number of advantages to having a central line. Again, putting IVs into little kids can be very difficult. The veins don't last forever. And after a while, you can start running out of veins and then it can become more and more traumatic trying to find a vein that you can get a cannula into. In particular, in an emergency situation, that can be a problem. Remember, there are certain chemotherapy drugs that can be very damaging to tissues if they leak out of the veins, whereas a central line is less susceptible to that problem. In some situations, we need multiple lumens so that we can give multiple drugs at once, particularly in bone marrow transplant and particularly in some of the very intensive other chemotherapy protocols. And finally, sometimes central lines can be used for taking blood tests and that can be better than 
doing a finger prick or sticking a needle in a vein every time we need to do a blood test, but the policies might vary from one hospital to another. Anyway, I'll get on and explain the different types of central lines in the next episode, and then I'll get on and explain the things that can go wrong with central lines, but really we rely on them very much. They need a lot of very expert nursing care in the care of central lines so that they don't get infected, etc., but they really are a critical part of modern oncology therapy in children. So I'll leave it there. Thanks again for tuning in to Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff. I hope this has been helpful, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.